Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody. Episode 102 of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It's One Man's Opinion. Thank you for downloading the show, subscribing to the podcast, commenting, liking, sharing, favoriting, all of that. We It all helps. It's almost appreciated. Most of all, thank you for making this show and this episode specifically part of your day. I am Jeff Manns. Hear me weekday afternoon, Sirius XM's Fantasy Sports Radio. You can hear that from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern every weekday afternoon, Monday through Friday. Also catch me over at the Elite Sports Network, uh, fantasyguru.com, all things seasonal, elitefantasy.com for daily fantasy sports, elite sports betting for all your legalized sports betting needs. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans, M-A-N-S, on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, all one word on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Uh, for those who've been, I don't know, following subscribers of mine, you're in Discord, all that. This is going to be a rather quick episode. I think um, for those who may have not heard the news, I indeed have COVID. I was diagnosed with COVID over last weekend. I'm recording this on a Wednesday afternoon, the 26th of January. So, um yeah, that's why the episode's named that. Uh, I'm going to talk about that a little bit here. Obviously, we have got the greatest weekend of football that has ever been played. I got to recap that with you guys. I've got many, 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 many thoughts on that. We will uh, try to touch on, maybe I'll hit on some Major League Baseball Hall of Fame bullshit this episode. Uh, definitely going to get into some betting and recap betting. And all that. We're going to get ourselves lubed up for the Super Bowl, y'all. This is just a couple weeks away at this point. So, a lot to dissect into and dive into. For those who listen during the football season and maybe you don't know or aren't aware that I, I get into a lot of other topics, um, different sports. I'll talk baseball. Baseball and football are my primary sports, although my son loves the NBA. Uh, it has dragged me along with him. I'm starting to get back. And I used to be a big NBA fan, used to be a big NHL fan. Um, love the game of hockey, but uh, don't do it from a fantasy standpoint. Hockey was actually my second fantasy sport ever. I played that before baseball, if you can believe that, back in the early 90s. So, uh, in basketball and college basketball. So, we'll be touching on a lot of things, but you know, a lot of offseason football, a lot of real great research projects ahead for myself i'm excited about it we've got usfl football we've got xfl football in this off season as well so i'll be covering that as much as humanly possible on this show and obviously on our websites i made the announcement last episode if you didn't hear it go back and listen what the fuck's wrong with you guys let's go oh by the way it's uncensored so yeah put the earbuds in put the kids to bed don't have this don't have alexa playing this throughout your house because it's going to get dirty um, so that all the websites are converging into one. It's going to be fantasyguru.com for betting and daily and everything in the very near future. So make your arrangements or just don't be surprised when it happens. Baseball draft guide available now over at fantasyguru.com. I've got my contributions in there. Ray Flowers did the bulk of the work over there. Uh, Ray is the best mind in fantasy baseball. And I mean that very sincerely. So 
nobody else to help you win money, win championships, and have fun this baseball season. The Ray Flowers and our team over at FantasyGuru.com. So get over there. Let me dive in. Let me get right to the heart of the matter. Yeah. So last, I I record these shows usually on Wednesdays after my Sirius XM show. And um, so Wednesday nights and they are sort of overnight for my late night audience. You guys get it early and then Thursday morning people get it. You know, it's in their inbox and whatever. I started not feeling well on that Wednesday, it was like during the day, during my Sirius XM show, I started just like, eh, it's like, a, you know, my throat was a little scratchy, nothing big. And then I did this podcast and you probably, I don't probably didn't notice, but my throat was a little, you know, my voice wasn't all there for that episode. I got off recording this and I thought, okay, I have a little bit of a headache. I don't get headaches, right? My wife gets headaches. I hear people all say, I got a headache, got a headache. I don't, like I get a headache if I hit my head. I don't get headaches. Just something that I never really get. I have gotten them, but very rarely compared to most of society. So that was weird. And I knew, okay, something's not right, but didn't think anything of it. Thursday morning, we got the word that my, um, on Wednesday, we had been babysitting. My wife mostly been babysitting my goddaughter. She's one and a half years old, 18 months a uh, beautiful little girl and so sweet. So we were babysitting her. And what do you know? Turns out her mom and dad both had COVID. They, the mom tested um, for COVID that day and said, oh, shit, I am positive. I can't believe this. She didn't have any symptoms at the time, except I think she had a scratchy throat or was feeling tired or something, too. And we knew that the baby had a runny nose and all this, but she has had a cold. If you guys have young ones, and you have little babies year, year old, six months, year, year and a half, two years, three years, you know, it's a snot factory. It's boogers running everywhere. It's just, that's what the, they're just diseased. That's all they are. Uh, and I'm used to that having raised three kids myself. So, you know, no big deal. I didn't think it was any big deal, but obviously it turns out to be COVID the husband of COVID the baby turned out she was positive for COVID and my wife had watched the kid and seen my wife had actually seen the kid um, the day before on Tuesday. And hence why we started, we both of us, my, me and the wife started having symptoms like kind of Wednesday night, like late Wednesday, but definitely Thursday when I woke up could tell something wasn't quite right. And then didn't really have symptoms to late Thursday night. Then it really started setting on. Uh, I didn't take the test until Saturday morning for sure, even though I, isolated and quarantined before that was uh, and officially was positive on Saturday morning. So that was my weekend and uh, three kids live in my house. None of them got it. Even though one of my kids had some symptoms, didn't feel right. We tested her three times, three different times with two different testing kits, including in the, what they call SRP uh, one. And she was negative. And it's crazy. So none of the kids have got it, at least as of yet. I'm pretty much over it, I think, at this point, even though a little congested, even as I record this. And my whole symptom, so I'll talk a little bit about my experience. And so we're all aware, because this is one of those situations where I'm not, I don't play the, the politic game. You guys know this. Don't, don't start. Don't with your fucking comments and your boo. Somebody did that to me. If you want to enrage me, 
And I, I've kind of my New Year's resolution for 2022. If you don't want to be part of what we do at the Elite Mafia and Elite Sports Network, then just go. Like, get the fuck out. Not really trying to talk to the masses anymore. I, I'm more interested in our people, people that reasonable people. I, I love as many listeners as we can get and all that good stuff. But I'm, I don't, right now, especially where there's, I don't have the energy. Don't, don't go there. Just turn an episode off if you're going to be an asshole with your politics, because that's not what it's about. I wanted to give my recap of what it's been like for me and what I've gone through and my perspective. I, I feel this stuff is important to everybody. I like to hear it. I know when I was diagnosed, I started thinking, oh, shit, like, all right, what did, what did, you know, what friends of mine, I've had friends, I had a friend in the hospital with major, major pneumonia due to COVID last week when I was diagnosed. Unfortunately, he got out over the weekends doing okay, still recovering. You know, Ted Schuster, my co-host on the show, he just recovered. His wife just recovered. My wife has it. So it's, you know, this is a, it's a, a big deal. And so without getting into anything, I, some, some asshole on Twitter hit me up when I said it on the show on Monday. I haven't missed a show. haven't missed any work. Um, fortunately, even though I was exhausted, I haven't been very congested at all. Like the congestion is just not something my wife has it dramatically. I don't have hardly any. However, I'm extraordinarily fatigued like very tired to the point that I'll talk about it when I'm going through my betting recap. I was live in game betting in our discord, elite sports betting and like passing out mid bet. I would open up the app. I'd start punching it and I'd just be out, just fucking out. And it's just weird. I'm not that guy. I get maybe four hours of sleep a night. As most of you know, who follow my work and career over the last 17 years, I just don't, I'm not the guy that sleeps. I don't need sleep. I, and one of my takeaways from COVID is that my body, uh, I don't like sleeping. I feel like I missed the entire world, even though realistically, I slept as much as a, what quote unquote, a normal person would. But to me, I felt like I slept the whole day away. But all I did is sleep like eight, nine hours. To me, the whole day was over. Like I missed everything. I, it's just a weird perspective uh, through that. So, you know, the thing I want to get across to everybody, it, number one, let me, let me dive into this. Number one, um, no hard feelings toward my in-laws or obviously my goddaughter or any of that kind of stuff. I have been very sensitive to COVID. I haven't talked much about it on any shows or podcasts, but those who don't know, I am a cancer survivor. I had it back in 2017, intestinal cancer. And I haven't really talked about it here either that I have recently diagnosed with a growth in my colon that will require surgery that may or may not be a recurrence of either cancer or something bad. So I've got issues, right? I have problems. My father passed away, you know, that episode uh, back two years ago, I did the um, my old man episode, episode eight, I believe it was. So I have a history with this and, it's something that's important to me. So when I was diagnosed with cancer the first time in 2017, it was, I had double pneumonia at that time. And I had no idea, none. I didn't, I had like pain in my side. That's, and they're like, how long have you had pneumonia? What do you fuck you talk about? Like, I had no idea. So that's my perspective. 
I hope every one of you respects my point of view on it, right? As I would yours, whatever it may be. So this whole time, I've been very pro quarantine, pro staying away from people, pro not coughing in public with people, not going around people. I, I haven't traveled literally. We took a family trip. My one vacation, my last vacation was in February, 2020. The last time I traveled anywhere. Um, to, we went to Disney and we got back right as COVID was hitting, which we're lucky uh, in that regard. And that was it. I won't travel. I won't hear of it. I'm not going on an airplane. I'm not doing any of that. I, I'm not going anywhere. I haven't eaten. I think we did eat in a restaurant once like a couple months ago. Once the whole time I've eaten in a restaurant. So that, that's me. I don't expect you to agree. I don't want you to agree. I don't. That's not what I believe life is about. I don't think we have to agree on the way I chose to do things compared to how you did. I respect a lot of you don't agree with that. You think it's bullshit. And the gentleman on Twitter said, it's just too cold. It's not a big deal. Um, that's you, which is cool. Don't tell me what it is. Don't, don't do that. Right. Don't do this. Um, that is essentially why our society sucks. Such asshole is because of people's opinions like that, because everyone wants to force themselves and their beliefs on everybody else. You think your way to believe your way of living is the only way. And it's not, you know, your way isn't the only way and fuck your way and fuck my way. Who cares? Right. It's, I can choose my life and make my decisions as long as it doesn't impact you. And that's the key. How, and some of you are the opposite. Some of you are like, everybody needs to, you know, um, one person. Yeah. We all have to live based on what the biggest risky person is man says cancer. So everybody, you know, you either think, well, fuck him. That's his problem. Or you think, um, you know, everybody needs to adhere to the same rules. Man says, uh, using myself as the example, because, you know, you got to be sympathetic to him. And I don't think either side is right. That's why I always believe in the middle. I believe that people make their choices. And if I, you to make your choice, uh, let's say you wanted to travel and not get vaccinated and not worry, not wear masks and shit like that. Well, that's your choice. Okay. I did not do that. I got vaccinated. I got boosted. Uh, I've worn masks. I've been back and forth on the masking. Sometimes I did. Sometimes I didn't. Okay. Um, I did wherever I didn't want to get, COVID. It was a big thing. I have secretly said it for a year and a half now. I said, if I ever get this thing, I'm fucking gone. Like, I really believed it. Those of you who know me and know the fantasy sports industry know we lost uh, one of my good friends, Mike Taglieri. He wasn't just a compadre in the fantasy sports industry. He was a true friend. Uh, grew up in Chicago. Went, he worked with my niece. And, you know, before the fantasy sports industry, I helped them break into the fantasy sports industry. So that's the important element. And he passed away in September of this. So again, don't push your stuff on me and I won't on you. Um, also that I've fortunate, I've, again, my symptoms have been minimal. 
you know, other than extreme fatigue and all that. But uh, the one-year-old that is sort of patient zero for all of this, uh, I'll say she's not done well. She's been, she's very ill. She's at 105, as high as 105 degree temperature. And as you know, it's serious for an 18 month old child. And it's been very touch and go for days, even as I'm recording this right now. She's been, had a lower fever for the last 36 hours. Things are good here. I don't want to scare anybody or alarm anybody, any of that. But what I'm saying is that's where my heart is. That's what matters to me. To me, I'll watch that little girl anytime sick or not sick, because that's what it is. I've been a father and raised three kids and my kids have coughed directly into my face. And, you know, I've held them outside at below zero temperatures when they had croup when they were kids. And that's what it is being a father. It's what it is being a parent. Many of you out there know and understand that some of you don't, and that's fine too. But um, that's the, that's the thing. I got COVID because uh, on my terms, because I didn't do anything outside. I didn't go to a rock concert. I didn't even go into a, a sporting event or something, uh, you know, at, at peak times and do all that. I, that's not how I got it. I got it um, doing something that I would do a hundred out of a hundred times. And even with COVID, I would do it. Uh, you know, if it came down to me versus her, that's just what happens. It's her every time future is more important. So, you know, that, that's what I've been through. The fatigue has been something that's crazy. Mm, uh, and looking at it and the symptoms, my, my, all my in-laws got it as well, by the way. And my mother-in-law is 70 years old. So obviously very dangerous for the elderly like that as well. It's, um, you know, you've got to take care of them and make sure they're isolated and that they're okay too. Every one of us. So I think I have seven family members that have had COVID over the last week and a half. Every single one of us have a different set of symptoms. Like, you know, some are, I'm extraordinarily tired. I don't think anybody is as tired as I was. My wife's very congested. I don't, you know, very congested. My mother-in-law is almost asymptomatic. She barely has anything. Thank goodness. My father-in-law has terrible cough, terrible cough and congestion like just brutal. So it's, it's, you know, it's different to everybody. And I'm sitting back looking at this and I, I talked to my friend, um, several friends that have had it and Ted that's just gotten over it. His wife has just gotten over it. And it's like, man, this thing will kick you. This thing just finds your weakness and fucking body blows it. Sees how do you, what's, what are you weak at? What are your weakest, most susceptible? Pow. They fucking hit you right there with it. That's what I think COVID is. Ultimately, that's just what I think the whole deal is. And you just don't know how it's going to react. I'm very fortunate thus far, not out of the woods by any means, I don't think, as of yet, because I'm a high-risk person. But I'm doing everything that I possibly can to, uh, to make sure that I, I don't fall back and you know get more symptoms because it's not over. I think that's a mistake people make. They don't go all the, it's like a follow through in baseball or bowling or something, you know, where your follow through uh, pitching and even as quarterback it, it, for football, it's like you, you throw through the target. Don't throw to the target, throw through it. And when you're sick like this, I I'm big in getting all the congestion out, blow your nose, spit, get it out, take warm showers, sweat it out of you. 
I did that the first few days, just got every, just rinsed it, just get out of the body. That is something that I did. And I do it for every cold, everything that I ever got uh, any kind of that congestion or flu. Um, and that was, and I believe in that. And I think it's helped me defeat colds and flus and shit over the years. So um, that my way of doing things. Uh, as far as that, I'm a little disappointed in myself. I'm like, oh, right. Well, I got COVID. What can I do? I'm bedridden. I'm not going to work that much, even though I worked every, I worked every fucking day, um, mostly because I felt up to it. I didn't commit to anything other than get my article up last Friday uh, at Elite Fantasy, which I did. I, I was like, all right, I watched, man, it's, you know, good weekend of football, divisional round playoffs, and holy shit, did that live up to it. What a great week. But I also thought I'm like, oh man, the wife and I started Yellowstone. Like we could watch, we're going to blaze through four seasons of Yellowstone. Ozark is back and watch Ozark. Do I watched nothing. I think I got two episodes of Yellowstone in the whole time and watched a bunch of always sunny in Philadelphia on Hulu. And I think that's it. And I watched the football games in and out. I had to tape the games just because I had to rewatch them several times in case like the 49ers Packers. Cause that one, I fell asleep all oh, that Saturday night game. I was in and out. I was in and out, but um, it was a great week of football, but I thought I was going to get, okay. I could watch all this TV and relax and no, it wouldn't. It's like, no, COVID was not letting me get to any of that shit, which is uh, such a bummer, but uh, th- that's my takeaways from it. Um, hopefully you guys understand, you know, do what you got to do and, um, you know, I have COVID now. I haven't been able to, I, first time I've ever FaceTimed, um, my son, he went to his basketball games. He's gone to school. My kids took all took like one day off of school at least. And then they went back depending on their tests. We tested everybody. We've quarantined in the house. We're lucky that we have different wings to all go to. So we took that very seriously. It sucks because we do a lot as a family whether it's, you know, dinners and game night, watch a show or movie together on the weekends. Like we do these family nights and we haven't been able to do that in a while. So that kind of sucked. Um, But one good thing is having adult children and older children, because my oldest daughter really stepped up and was able to bring my son to school and bring him to his basketball practices and games and stuff. And I FaceTimed to watch that. So that was something good as well. But, you know, it, it sucks having to miss out on things like that. But, you know, my opinion, you do what you have to do. Um, so anyway, that, that's the that's the story there. And hopefully you guys all stay safe out there. Hopefully it doesn't impact you or affect you and you don't get it. I don't wish. I mean, who wants to be sick anyway? Can we just enough with the COVID political bullshit and just say, do you really want to be sick? I don't fucking want to be sick no matter what. I don't care what it is. I don't want it. I don't like illness and sickness. I just don't want to do it. I don't care what it is, you know, throwing up and all that, which by the way, my, the one year of my goddaughter is throwing up a ton, just a ton with this thing. That's another thing. She got that part of it where she can't hold anything down. I mean, I've had appetite, smell and taste the whole time. It's just so weird how it impacts people in such dramatically different ways. And it's obviously in our instance, the same strain and all that. So again, just stay safe out there, do what you got to do. And um, also, let me throw this, my last thing, and maybe it bothers some of you people, but always remember to do what other people want you to do. 
and, and what other people are comfortable with. You know, for example, like I would love to go out and get my coffee every day. I would love to, like, I'm feeling fine. I could get up, get, get in a car, blah, blah, blah. But you know, do the things, but then you're putting other people at risk. You're putting other people in harm's way. It's, you know, you don't know what anybody else thinks. You don't, you may not care. You may not, you may like it or not like it, whatever it is. But don't put that on other people. You know, there's the same thing with us sending our kids to school and to basketball. Um, it was a tough decision of, well, do we send them because they were at risk and in the same house? And well, we had to make sure it was so many days and we didn't know really till Friday. So Friday is the first day we take the kids out of school. Um, and we did that. Then we had the weekend to test them over and over and over, which getting those tests are, thank God, my wife is smart and stockpile these fucking things. Cause we had like 20 tests um, stockpiled for the last like six months, just in case us or somebody else in the family got it, we were able to, uh, to, to take all these tests and make sure that, uh, cause my wife's first test was negative. So she had a retest and it was positive because she had symptoms and I was positive. We tested my one daughter three times cause she had a runny nose and we're like, Oh shit. But she kind of got it before. So, um, we had to keep testing her throughout, but, uh, never wound up getting it. And we still have several tests to go. I'm not going to go anywhere until I'm fully through. I don't believe you know, like the CDC stuff, I think CDC or all the guidelines are all about the lowest common denominator because everybody's so fucking stupid. And everybody thinks that if you think that an illness expires just overnight, it's the 10th day, it's the fourth day, the fifth day. You're fucking stupid. I'm sorry, but you are. I'm sorry. And I know the, the government makes us stupid. And I'm not saying you have to be anti-government or don't believe it. I, I, it's just... They do it because we are too stupid to comprehend that. Wait until you're completely symptom-free and then wait another handful of days, another couple of days, then go back to your regular life, right? And test, make sure you don't have it. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm saving a test for well after my symptoms are gone. I think I'm scot-free a couple of days later, and then I'll test to make sure it's completely gone. Cause I don't want to put this on anybody else, no matter what. Okay. There we go. Uh, what a great, let's get into the football, man. The football was fantastic. It was every game. It's like, it was better and better and better. And Cincinnati, Tennessee started out like this was the barn burn. This one went down to the wire. This one was, you know, back and forth. It, it, it was a classic, great playoff game. It wasn't as high scoring, and things like that, but it was still a fantastic ball game. And that was the tip of the iceberg. We barely can even remember it anymore, right? It barely even registers because Buffalo, Kansas City just took over. But my thoughts on that one, Derrick Henry was not right in this ball game. Anybody who says differently is just lying. Uh, it's why I bet the under on his yards and came in easily on that that it's why it told people not to play him and um Dante Foreman looked a lot better than he did Joe it wasn't Tennessee's pass rush that got to Joe Burrow it was Joe Burrow holding the football way too long average of 3.73 seconds per drop back and anybody who knows anything about football two and a half seconds that ball's got to be out out two and a half seconds if, if you make it to three seconds God love you 
but you're going three and a half to almost four seconds. And that's your average. She just held the ball too long. Okay. And, and you know, any quality pass rush is going to get to you, especially Jeffrey Simmons. So the Bengals offensive line, is it nearly as bad as some of you think it is? It's just, they Joe Burrow held and held and held the ball. Now, the argument could be made because I've thought about this a lot with him holding the ball. Maybe he held the ball to just limit his mistakes. Uh, Cause he has made some absolutely fucking horrendous mistakes this season and turnovers specifically. So if that's the case, I think, you know, Burrow did the right thing. If it comes down to getting your ass beat up and sacked a bunch or committing violent, terrible turnovers, like um, he's done, he did several times uh, the season, then he did the right thing. Um, as far as the Bengals running to the edges, I don't understand. Play design is so important. It's so, it's what Sean McVay does. <laughs> Sean McVay isn't that much of a genius. He's not that smart. He's not a good play caller. He's not but he's such his he's got such great designs to his plays that there's so many options on passing plays on running plays. He's getting big gains. He's blocking in a way and designing the, the runs to go in directions that really hit the opposing defense and the Bengals, they were running right in the middle of the fucking field. So that was bananas to me. Evan McPherson, he's the new Adam Minitieri. He really is. That dude is stone cold. And we'll see what he's got at Arrowhead. It's a whole different world. But definitely passed the first test. Some big field goals, 50 yarders, and was money in the bank. Uh, Matt Fra- or, uh, uh, Mike Vrabel, I always want to call him Matt. Mike Vrabel going for two on the penalty. I, that was stupid. Listen, I get it. The numbers say to do that. I'm okay. I was okay with the call in real time. I didn't like, I wouldn't have done it. I don't like it. Not that early. You guys got to let the game play out a little bit. You got to let the in Derek Henry's because he had run that, um, you know, he got that three yard touchdown run. It That whole left side is open on that run. Wasn't, he didn't do anything and didn't look fast. Get into it fast that I felt like the defense almost got to him when it, the whole side of the field was open. So you, at that point, that was like middle of the second quarter. You could tell Derek Henry wasn't quite himself. So the idea that you're going to go for it from the one yard line and your big thing was, Oh, give it to Derek Henry. Really put your team at risk at that point. Instead of taking the lead seven to six, nice and easy. You keep it, you know, you keep it tie and then put the Bengals up a field goal as they close out the quarter. That was a bad idea. Just a bad idea. So um, that's, I think those are most of my takeaways from this game. I mean, it's one of those situations where didn't think Tennessee was going to go to the Super Bowl. They're probably the worst one seed we've ever seen in NFL playoff history and statistics and metrics back that up. I mentioned, you know, point one yard per offensive snap on offense. That's the lowest amount um, tied for lowest amount that's ever made it to the NFL playoffs. That is almost a full yard, almost the worst number one seed in history. 
how they did it all year, who the hell knows? Smoke and mirrors and more smoke and more mirrors. But the Bengals team, do they deserve to be in the championship game? Hell yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow's a straight-up killer. He's a gangster. Winners win. I don't know what else there is to say about it. I've tried to make it my credo for the last decade. And it's the what we say in our show on Sirius XM all the time. And I stand by it. I don't know why some people don't get it. Why you don't follow that winners win, right? It's I'm watching this Joe Montana documentary and how they wanted to start six other quarterbacks. They did. They literally started six other Notre Dame quarterbacks ahead of him while he was at the university of Notre Dame. They tried to start Steve DeBerg over Joe Montana when he was at the first year in San Francisco, they brought in Steve young to start over him in San Francisco and all Joe Montana ever did was win. It's all he ever did. Got hurt, but he got he, but he won. And you know, it, it's mesmerizing to me. Um, and you know, we we see this in the modern era as well, and a lot of different sports. You just look at players that fucking Tebow won, and I'm not a Tebow guy at all. Nor do I think. You know, I don't know, think it would have continued, and all. But I, I think we, we've gotten way too stupid. We think we're getting smarter as sports fans, and we've actually gone in the opposite direction where we're becoming dumber and we're using analytics to become dumber or using analytics to prove our crackpot theories. And that, that's not right all the time. Analytics are supposed to enhance good arguments, not give credit to bad arguments. But if it's number, you can find numbers for any argument you want. There's data, how many people on all the sides of the political shit and the vaccination shit and the COVID stuff, they, every side says, look at the numbers, trust the numbers. Well, what? it all depends on what numbers you're using. How soon before human beings realize that we're all right? All of us are right. You're all quoting numbers. We're all got data. We all got research, but it's not the right research. Not all of it can be true. And that's the, it's great with sports, big time in sports. It's not all right. It's not true. Some people just win. They win games. They do better. They, they create winning environments, right? I say it all the time. And, and by the way, like this, the head coaching searches around the National Football League, it's fucking embarrassing, right? Brian Flores got fired and everybody's outraged that Brian Flores got fired. And I first in line to say he did not deserve it. Absolutely not deserve it but again and let, he did deserve it if you thought you were getting bill belichick which everybody how many nfl new england patriots assistant coaches have gone on to be nfl um head coaches and or coordinators you know what i mean like it, it is unbelievable how many organizations like smart organizations have done this um it's absolutely fucking bananas to me you know (laughs) um i'm just stunned by it uh i want to see the the list of head coaches because we go back to like romeo cornell okay we go back to um you know we go back to charlie freaking weiss Remember, I mean, there's there's a lot. There's Al Groh and Bill O'Brien and Eric Mangini. 
Nick Saban, who's done pretty good, not at the pro level, but the college level. Josh McDaniels, I mentioned Weiss, I mentioned Cronell, Jim Schwartz. Uh, I mean, there's a, a, a Matt Patricia, now Brian Flores. I mean, how many of these guys do you have to hire before you realize you don't have Bill fucking Belichick and that that's the guy who's responsible? Everybody out there, uh, my Chicago Bears just hired Ryan Poles as their general manager. And I'm like, don't we, didn't we have this fucking guy? We just, we just had Matt Nagy, right? We thought we hired Matt Nagy because freaking Patrick Mahomes is such a stud because Kansas city was so great. Isn't that we thought that's what we thought we were getting. And we obviously didn't. He has had two chances now to develop quarterbacks and couldn't do Jack all. Right. Isn't that what we did? We have this fucking guy. We did. We already had this guy. Why do we need to have him another one? He ain't it. Their assistants ain't it. Fucking the guy, the people that get, that deserve the credit aren't getting credit these days. It's incredible, man. It's fucking bananas to me to watch everybody from New England now, everybody from Kansas City, any organization that has any bit of success. They pick it apart. Buzzards pick it apart. Every last inch of it, acting, just lurking for who, who within this organization is the reason that something positive happened or that they won. And again, you go into Kansas City's side of things and nothing against Ryan Poles. I really do wish him the best in the world. And he's had a good, he's had success. He's a scout and director of player personnel in Kansas City. But he didn't hire, I mean, why are they so good? They're good because Andy Reid. And the Bears could have hired Andy Reid in 2013, but they pushed out, hired Mark fucking Dressman. You could have had him already. And, and been on a winning track ever since. You could have drafted Patrick Mahomes, and you didn't. You drafted Mitch Trubisky. You could have made these moves, but you chose not to do it. You know, so stop giving credit to people just because they were around people that did really, really well. We need to be better at identifying who's in charge. And by the way, I mean, no disrespect when I say this. And I, I mean that. I need everybody to understand. However, I'm, I've lived this exact life. I've lived that thing. Has anybody, have you seen? Right, Guru Elite. We were the fucking bomb, the best. Every fantasy company on earth is still trying to be Guru Elite. Every single person, every company that starts, everybody, everybody wants to be like we were. Everybody. Right? And I went through this whole thing where every fucking person involved with Guru Elite wanted 100% of the credit for Guru Elite. One, they didn't want to give up any of it. I think people were always willing to say, all right, Tommy, you get some credit. You know, everybody kind of is like, all right, I'll give Tommy some credit just because most people are scared to death of him or were scared to death of him. Like that's, you know, that's that. But everybody thought they were the reason. Believe me, I sat in meetings. I listened to it. I've heard people pitch, you know, and think of all the people that left us. Because we're the New England Patriots. 
obviously nobody's ever reached the kind of sales numbers that we did the tra- the um, the the wins that we had the amount of subscriber wins that we had the amount of page views we had you know and the amount of sales and fucking t-shirts and all that shit that we did nobody's touched it and they've gone on and done what we, who was the brains of the operation where's all these giant successes right all left all started their own thing all tried to start their own thing all did something all not doing anything remotely close to what we did at guru lead right that's i think that's again i'm living this new england patriots right they were successful because they had a good foundation and they had a good game plan and they did things they do things the patriot way their way everybody there thinks oh i'm gonna go out and do it and they're they're gonna pretend they're gonna do it the same way and they're gonna do the same things and it's gonna be it's not the same Stop thinking it's going to be the same. It's not the same. So there's my takeaway from that. Um, speaking of which, I mean, winners win. Jimmy Garoppolo. What else? Why do 49er fans hate this guy so much? My God. My God. I, I can't get over you, people. The more I get going, the more I start looking at – um you know, the more I start thinking, man, the 49ers are a trash organization. This is the, again, I'm watching the Montana documentary on Peacock uh, streaming service. And I'm like, what? They treated him like dog shit. Absolute dog shit. You can't be worse to a player that was more important to the whole organization. Fuck Bill Walsh, too. They all, man, Bill Walsh got all the credit and Montana's the one that rescued that organization. And all they tried to do was stymie him and keep him down and replace him. All right. And before you get anywhere else, San Francisco's the organization that had Colin Kaepernick and you ran him out. Now, again, whether you agree kneeling was wrong or don't agree, or you think still it's wrong, but he should have stayed at whatever. It doesn't matter the belief. The, the thing is, well, okay, first Alex Smith. They draft Alex Smith instead of Aaron Rodgers. And now historically, obviously, that doesn't that don't look so good, right? And it's been one of those things, oh, well, did you have to? Should you have drafted him instead of Aaron Rodgers? Rodgers obviously a better quarterback. Now, the 49ers beat the shit out of the Packers in the playoffs, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But Alex Smith was there. He is running hot. He's doing very well. Everything was going good for uh, Alex Smith. 2012 reaches the, you know, the fucking 49ers are rolling. And what happens? They fucking yank Alex Smith out and put Colin Kaepernick in. Oh, okay. All of a sudden, Colin Kaepernick is the guy who's starting the Super Bowl. 49ers get the Super Bowl. And, and so Alex Smith goes out and goes to Kansas City. And by the way, Kansas City does really good. And then um, they replace him with Patrick Mahomes, and then they get to the Super Bowl. So I guess if Alex Smith was your quarterback, just replace him and you should get to a Super Bowl. But they, they pull that shit on Alex Smith. Then they pull that shit on Kaepernick after that. Uh, and Harbaugh leaves. And you bring in John Lynch like he's a fucking genius or something. Yet John Lynch 
and uh, Kyle Shanahan had every chance in the world in 2017 to draft Patrick Mahomes. Didn't do it. They decided they had the number one pick in that draft and they picked and they traded it. They traded to Chicago for Mitch Trubisky and then they took second and got the fucking uh, Solomon fucking Thomas. You, I mean, say what you will about Mitch Trubisky. I don't think there's been a worse draft pick than Solomon Thomas in the top five. Do you remember a top five shittier pick than Solomon fucking Thomas? Now, okay, 49ers had second pick because Miles Garrett was first. And they traded that. They moved down one spot to get Solomon Thomas. But they could have got fucking anybody. They could have got freaking Jamal Adams. They could have got McCaffrey. Could have got Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. They could have solved their problems there too. They didn't. They chose not to. And then what do they do? They go out and get Garoppolo. Spend all they get him, they get build a defense around him, get to a fucking Super Bowl in 2019. And what do you do? You have one down year because he he is hurt down year. So you decide you have to give up all your future draft picks for fucking Trey Lance. And by the way, the 49ers are lying to you. All you 49er people out there that think that Trey Lance is it and that that's your guy and they should be starting him, they didn't even want him. They were on Mac Jones into the very last second. Very last second. They, this, it should go down in history as one of the biggest screw-ups ever for the 49ers in that draft. That they traded all these picks. Because I think they thought they were going to deal Garoppolo. That's what I think. They thought they were going to deal him and then build around the future. I thought that's what they thought they were going to do. All right. And it didn't happen. And Grapple comes back. And now you're in kind of hell in a lot of ways because you've given up draft picks, future draft picks. You have Trey Lance, whose clock has already started. He sat a whole year. You're going to, you, everybody in the world knows you pretty much have to get rid of Garoppolo. And what if they win this game and beat the Rams, go to Super Bowl 56? What if they fucking win the Super Bowl? You're going to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo after winning a Super Bowl? Okay. And you're going to do it for Lance, one of the most unproven players in history? Guy who has not played an NFL football game before this year in two years? And he only played at North Dakota State Division II school? Are you kidding? I mean, you, you're fucking kidding. You guys, and this is the guy you're clamoring for? I think the 49ers might be one of the dumbest organizations in sports. Also the luckiest organization in sports because they always fall into it. I've never seen an organization that could cock more up than the 49ers and get away with it, come out, smell like a rose on the other side. But that's exactly what seems to happen to them time and time again. Aaron Rodgers couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Good. Again, Aaron Rodgers is, when you look, if you, this is the problem with analytics, it's and really, it's not just analytics. That's I'm just trying to use that as a fire to light under some of you. Aaron Rodgers numbers are great. Sensational, right? They really are. He's great. He's a great quarterback. He is not really much of a shortcoming of his game. However, it doesn't matter if you, you could be lockstep with Aaron Rodgers and that's cool. 
then you're a monster too. He's a monster. He's a monster. People don't like him. And there's a very good reason people don't like him. Any of you that think you like him, if you spent a year with him, you wouldn't like him because nobody does. He is an absolute narcissist, insufferable human being. And that's not an opinion. That's a fact. Okay. They were very lucky to be in a goddamn terrible division and have been for years that they just roll over this division, get six wins a year, finish seven and three the rest of the year and act like that's some kind of high and mighty shit. It ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. So congratulations for that shit. But constantly losing in the playoffs, constantly losing the 49ers, the team that you're supposedly have a chip on your shoulder about goes to show you just on a winner. And it takes more winners win great, good players, great players that put up numbers, put up numbers. What do you want to be numbers guy or a winner? It's two different things. And they're very different. Right. You wish you want to have it all. You wish you're Patrick Mahomes and you could put up huge numbers and win, but you can't. Most people cannot. It's it doesn't work like this. Numbers don't equal wins, unfortunately. All right. The only numbers that mean anything is points scored. The Packers were barely in the top 10 of points scored this year. Right. Top they're tenth in points, tenth in yardage. Um you know, 15th and pass passing yardage. They're just, he was 10th and passing yardage actually. So out of quarterbacks this year, just, you know, very, you know, good, but not as good as you really would think Rams and bucks. Let me get to it. Uh, how many people know the kicker was hurt? Matt gay, be careful going into, if you're in a one and done league and all that, there might be a change at kicker for the LA Rams. Cause Matt gay was hurt. Hurt in pregame warmups. They talked about it at the beginning. He screwed up. Um, the first kickoff was way short for him. And then he was short on a 47 yard field goal. So be careful of that one. Cam Akers, God, I love Cam Akers to absolute death, but he he is not right, just like Derrick Henry is not right. You know, we bet the under on Cam Akers as well, won that bet as well, because that's what we do. We win. Everybody else wants to slobber on the guy, the newest guy and the hottest commodity. And, oh, he's coming back. So he's, we've got to get him in our lineups. I didn't touch Cam Akers. Didn't touch him at all. Mm-mm. I don't know why they're giving him so much work. That's irresponsible from Sean McVay. Um, Matt Stafford is a great game. No question about that. Don't want to take anything away from Matt Stafford, but you're not going to, I will never, because it's just not, it's impossible. He's not worth the three picks they gave up. He's not. What if they get to a Super Bowl? What if they win a Super Bowl? Well, if they win a Super Bowl, oh, again, I said this the whole year, I'll be willing to say fine. You sacrifice your future and too much of your future, but you got it. But that's it. It's, it is Super Bowl or but you can't lose the 49ers. And then are you going to beat the Chiefs? Are the Rams going to beat the Chiefs? Hmm. I don't know. Jared Goff got you a Super Bowl. You can get, you get the Super Bowl with Jared Goff, especially with this team. Look at all the talent around him. You could have got there with Goff. Yes, you could have stopped. Yes, you could have. Yes, you could have. They did it. They actually did do it. 
Don't tell me they can't. They did it. They literally did that. This team, this Rams team is better than that 2018 team. Okay. And it's insurmountably better. It is that much. It is definitely better than that 2018 team. And um, so, yeah, you already got there, but can you win? If you close it, all right, then I'll wipe the table with it. It's fine. But um, I still really, really doubt it. Is Tom Brady going to retire? That's fascinating. I can't believe that. I never thought he would. He just doesn't seem like a guy who needs to retire, didn't want to retire. And all of a sudden, it's just this last two weeks. All of a sudden, it's coming down. He may retire, and that's just – it's surprising. I think that – I can't believe I'm saying these words. This is why I live – I keep going on, and every day is different, and I keep moving on because, my God, I hated Tom Brady something fierce most of my life at this point. I just did not like the guy, and, you know, for for whatever it's worth – I didn't like him guy. And I thought Manning over him the whole time. But as we sit here now, he, we deserve the world deserves. I thought Derek Jeter deserved it. Even though a lot of people disagree with me and I was not a big Derek Jeter guy either. thought he was incredibly overrated, but did a lot of things. Certain players deserve their victory tour. Tom Brady deserves, you know, this is my last year, every stadium, go give him a Harley Davidson, you know, teams give him shit because just he deserves it. And it's fucking man. I can't believe like 10 years ago, you heard me five years ago, me saying this would have been out of never stop vomiting on this microphone, but it's the truth. He just, it's been great to hate. It's been great to admire from afar. It's been great to rival him. It's been unbelievable what he's done. And to do it this long is just beyond comprehension. He's one of very few people that I think deserves that victory tour. And I hope he gets, I hope he plays one more year and just gets to go around every stadium he goes to and, you know, say your goodbyes and do all that. So um, that's how I feel about that Buffalo, Kansas city. What else can I say? I mean, this, this was one of the greatest NFL football games ever. One of the greatest playoff games that there has ever been. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Um, so brokenhearted for the, the bills mafia, man, Josh Allen did everything they could should have squib kicked it. Um, two things. And this is where he, you know, coaching matters and having a plan matters. Knowing what you're doing means something and experience too. Cause if the bills get bills, second chance at AFC championship game in Kansas city, and they claim that they were ready for everything. And obviously they weren't, you know, you have 13 seconds left. You squib kick that kick that ball and bounce. Number one, they can't just let it sit and they can't let it sit for any length of time. If they do, Obviously, the Bills could run down and get the fucking ball, and the game's over. <laughs> the Bills get the ball, right? It, it, so they got to hurry up, rush to it. Now, if they jump right down, okay, clock starts. When you get the ball, then you fall to the ground. Two seconds at a minimum come off the clock, and a lot of analysts say between three. The, the rule of thumb is three to five seconds come off the clock. Now, I watched that clock, and I've rewatched this game several times. Um, that They added one second to the uh, Chiefs, and, and that Travis Kelsey 
catch to get down to three seconds. They stopped that thing before Kelsey was even down. So there was a lot of hometown clocking going on. Not anything egregious, but a second here, a second there. When you're talking 13 seconds, every second mattered. And that's the way, that's what winners do. You got to close. Closers know are accounting for every single facet, every single moment of time. And that's where you squib kick it, take a couple seconds off. You know, those two seconds is all it takes. And then again, you have to play straight up defense. There's no reason to protect the, the edges. They, there's no, especially the edges. There's, there's no reason to do that. They need to run it out. They need to hurry up. They're the ones that have to get up to the line of scrimmage and snap the football. They're the ones that have to be able to get it in a position to line up a kick on a spot on the field in which their kicker likes. Another thing they should have done, you know, when you know Butker likes to hit from the left hash, then you force him to the right hash, right? That's just, come on, man. Like little things like that force the action that those directions. You also triple cover Tyree kill or be able to tackle Tyree kill instead of running by you. Like he's a, like he's a 10th grader against a bunch of third graders. Like what the fuck was that? How do you not even come close? Tyree kill is running past you flipping the deuces. Like, give me a break there. So, um, you know, that's it. Mahomes and Allen though. I mean, these are the top two quarterbacks in the game right now and will be for a long, long time. It's the overtime rules in case you missed the Sirius XM show. I wish I could fix the world. Cause I think that my simple mind, I'm not, that's, I'm not smart guy. All right. I'm just not, but I'm a reasonable human being, somebody who has a bunch of experience and I know how to solve problems. It's why guru Leap was great. That's my, that was my contribution talent or no talent. Uh, I was always able to alleviate situations and help mold and help people work together, even though when they didn't want to, right. That's my goal. And that's my, one of my skills and my skill with figuring out the overtime, I've got it. It's a simple fix. It really is. And those of you who don't haven't heard it on the XM show, I'll tell you it. And here's what's going to happen. I'll tell you the the fix. You're going to say, no, that's not it. Uh, But it is. I understand every single point you're going to make against it. And you'll still be wrong. And I'll be right. This is the way to fix it. Now, let me say, if you think you have the overtime solution for the NFL and your solution involves more possessions, longer periods of time, playing a full quarter, all of that's null and void. None of that's truthful. You know why? Okay. I'll tell you why. This is a business and fans we as fans often forget that what they're trying to do, what we want is not what they want. And they mean in the national football league, the networks that broadcast these games, the announcers that broadcast, they have no interest, none at all. in the things that we like and admire and respect, they don't give a shit. So we, The NFL is such a behemoth, a ratings behemoth, that networks spend billions of dollars, with a B, billions of dollars, 
investing in program for one, buying the NFL rights, Thursday night football, Monday night football, Sunday night football, Sunday afternoon football, the game of the week, whatever, all their bullshit. They spend billions in this. And then they spend even more billions investing in programming surrounding. They want to launch shows. They want their best stars, the greatest network star. They want them to be on immediately before and immediately after NFL games to drag in more audience, to prolong that audience. Now you may think, oh, well, why don't they, if they just extend a football game, that's even better Then they get that audience even longer. No, no. The audience turns on you. Okay. Um, I, there's a lot of psychology behind this kind of stuff. And let me tell you as one of the, or the single highest rated host at Sirius XM fantasy sports radio for over a decade show has garnered and generated the most listeners and highest volume of listeners and most repeat listeners and most downloads and all that good stuff. It's not because I'm a nice guy. People fucking hate me. Some of you fucking hate me, especially after this episode. It's not because that, oh, it's got great information. No, no, no. It's that the show is manageable because I always listen to you. I listen to the audience. I listen. I, I can, I go through, I've always been analytical about how my listeners listen, where they listen from, what times they listen, how long they listen, what segments are popular and not popular, what interactions we get, all of this stuff. I've got data on everything. The volume of phone callers we get, the volume of questions we get, comments we get, negative, positive. This stuff matters. And I'm not, this isn't a me thing. I'm just the only one probably does this in the fantasy sports industry because most people treat this like a hobby. Every NFL network does this. And NFL itself does it. You can't have six-hour games, five-hour game. You can't do it. The audience turns on you. It's too long. takes up too much time. We all know. Think about it. We would, you and I, we'd sit there and watch a game probably for like eight, 12 hours at a clip. But many, 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 many people simply can't do that between work, sleep, home life, their wife or girlfriend bitching at them, or maybe husband or a boyfriend, you know, somebody in the house, kids don't like football. We're going apple picking. We're going to Hobby Lobby. We're going to the store, whatever it is. Right? We can't, you can't force the audience in for longer periods of time. That's not reasonable. It's, it can't happen. You have to fit it in the window. The window that works is that three-hour block with an extension. You could do a little extension for, for the right time. You could drag an audience once, once in a while. You can't have every game go four or five hours. You can't do it. Nobody's wa- nobody watches. That's why you ever know. We're like college football games that start super duper late on the East Coast. And the ratings, even in exciting finishes, the ratings drop off towards the end. Why? Because people are going to bed. People can't hang on. It's too much for them. So, you know, all, all this stuff. That's that's why you this is not viable. You can't give more possessions. Well, go back and forth. If they go for two and then they don't go for two, and no, 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 no. None of this works. None of this is real option. That's our fairy tale world. We'll just keep playing. Play the whole fifth quarter. Play a sixth quarter. Go until somebody doesn't score. No, you can't. 
So what you do to solve the overtime is simply have a plan in place before the game starts. Who gets the ball in overtime? There's no coin flip. There shouldn't be a coin flip to start the game. Visiting team should select whether they want the ball or they want the direction. No, coin flips are so stupid. It's irresponsible that we're flipping a coin like a bunch of heathens to decide outcomes of football games or any sport. You know what I mean? Anything. So um, visiting team gets the ball or home team gets the ball in overtime. Okay. And, and that's my solution to the overtime. It's, it's over. It's solved. I've done it. Jeff, that doesn't do it. it, it see, it does. The psychology of the entire fourth quarter from one side of the ball is now completely different. This, the visiting team knows it can't settle for a tie. It can't go to overtime. If you're an arrowhead in a playoff game, if you're the Buffalo Bills, you can't go for it. You cannot, under any circumstances, play for a tie and hope you win the coin flip. See, that's the thing about optimism is it ruins people sometimes. Optimism being versus being a realist. You need your realistic chances. All right, just because somebody did something before doesn't mean you're going to do something then. That's why winning percentage is stupid. But you're going into Buffalo or you're going into Arrowhead, Kansas City. You know that if Kansas City gets the ball at overtime, they're going to score first and they win the game. That's the overtime rules. The overtime rules are right, right? It, it, the only thing that you could possibly do different is it, it, you could say that the second team, first team gets the score and, you know, um, has to go for one, kick an extra point so that the second team could score and could decide to go for two or not. But again, that's you're kind of doing all of that for something that could have been solved in regulation anyway. The goal should always be to force teams not to go to overtime, to force them into regulation victories and defeats. That's the solution. It's not, I, yes, I love more football. You love more football, but that's not reasonable and it's not going to happen. What has to happen is this team gets the ball in overtime. And when that happens, the Buffalo Bills in this situation play entirely different down the stretch. They know they absolutely cannot go for uh, a field goal. Uh, they can't kick that extra point with 13 seconds. You know what I mean? Um, to put them up three, go for two. Then they have to score. See, because you know, if it's predetermined, the, the thing, the reason Buffalo kicked that is because it was in their favor that 13 seconds left, this game's over anyway. But if by some miracles or penalty or something happens and the Chiefs kick a field goal, well, we still can win it in regulation by winning the coin toss. See, that optimism, that possibility, that's, that 50-50 shot at hope, that's what did them in. That's what ruins teams. No. If you're a home team and you take it to overtime, you should have an advantage, a home field advantage. Don't go to overtime. It's psychological, and it will greatly, dramatically 
change the way teams play down the stretch, both home and away. Home may be a little more conservative, which could get them in trouble if they get too conservative. But visitors have to be, and that's the way it should be anyway. Visiting teams should have more motivation and should play to win. Teams in general would play to win games in regulation as opposed to play to tie because both sides sit there at middle field, both believe in they're going to win the coin toss. That machismo, that optimism, false optimism for no reason, that fucking ruins teams. Once you take that away, and by the way, if you wanted to say, all right, the visiting team gets it in overtime, fine, whatever, that's cool. Some other people said, um, some other people had chimed in and said, at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter said, what about the team that gets it in the beginning of the game? Whoever wins that, they could choose to get the ball at beginning of the game, end of game. If they get it at the beginning, they get it in overtime too. Or if they defer, they lose it for overtime. Right? So like that, okay. I'm fine with that too. And there's another uh, alternative that I think is very viable and very solid and good. Uh, I like it is that whatever team scores last in regulation, the other team gets the ball to start overtime. Why not? Of course they had the lead. Why don't they just keep the ball? Play it like it's the second first quarter going to the second or third going to the fourth, as opposed to the second quarter going into halftime and it resets everything. Fucking we're playing another quarter, but you kick off to the team that just gave up the ball. I mean, you understand how easy these solutions are? These solutions are absolutely positively simple. And they would change the game, change it for the better, and make everything right. And it's not that hard. Do it, NFL, for crying out loud. Um, all right, there we go. I think we're good for this episode here, folks. Uh, boy, I'm over an hour thought this is only going to be 30 to 45 minutes. This is me just keep talking and talking. Let me give you my picks for this coming week. Uh, NFC, AFC championship games. I honestly don't think these are going to be that great of games. I think Kansas City runs away from Cincinnati. Now, I would love for Cincinnati to take it. I love new teams, new players. I love new blood. And, you know, two years ago, this was Kansas City I was rooting for in this situation. But now they're... They're the, the new big brother, and um, I would love for little brother to knock him off. It's not going to happen. So Survivor, it's Kansas City. Uh, I think the Rams will win on the other side. So if you use Kansas City, then it's the Rams. The bet that I like the most, I do like – I still like minus seven. Minus seven on Kansas City. I'll, I'll, I'll give up a touchdown. I'll give up a touchdown. That's how sure I am that the Chiefs – will wind up winning. And if there is an upset, well, I'll say it's the 49ers upsetting the Rams as opposed. 49ers have beat the Rams, what, last six times? So it's definitely possible. I don't want to say it's not possible for the 49ers. But I think the Rams got a lot of bonus calls. They're at home. Super Bowl's in L.A. This is, it's just too perfect. I think 49ers are running into a perfect storm. And there's no way I could see Jimmy Garoppolo going to a Super Bowl and then not being the starting quarterback the following year. I just can't see it. Them losing this week is the only way 
to ensure we see Trey Lance next year. So there you go. Again, EliteFantasy.com, FantasyGuru.com. My rankings are up. My write-up for Daily Fantasy Football is up, EliteFantasy.com. Well, it's up as of Friday afternoon, so make sure you check that out, Elite Sports Betting. I'll have my uh, bet pack in there. I will sit there and watch the um, – probably the Rams 49ers game with you. I haven't committed to either one yet because I didn't wasn't sure about my health. But listen, I'll probably be in there, the, our Discord betting room the entire time. So get over there, EliteSportsBetting.com, and get there before the Super Bowl. I mean, we got a ginormous Super Bowl betting pack to get to. So, uh, yeah, get there, EliteSportsBetting.com. If you don't have it yet, what's wrong with you? Support at EliteFantasy.com. Tell them you want to add betting. It's like 20 bucks. You, I guarantee you win more than 20 bucks this weekend in football alone, let alone any other sport that you may be interested in. So go over there and check that out at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter, the Jeff man's Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. That's going to do it. Episode 102 in the books. Uh, thank you, by the way, everybody who has reached out and many and many and many of you have. You guys have been great. Thank you for all your well wishes. Those of you in Discord, I promise I've seen every, I tried to thumbs up or heart every single one. Those of you who hit me up on Twitter and TikTok and other places, promise you, I have not been able to respond to every one of you, but I've seen it. I, it means the world to me. It really, truly does. Um, I'm a sensitive guy, despite my outward appearance. And, you know, having my back is something I believe in. And when you have my back, I've got your back times 10. And I appreciate every single one of you. So thank you very much for all your support there. I'll continue to fight this thing. And uh, listen, I'll be fine. Man's a fighter. Winners win, baby. That's it for this episode. Thank you very much for downloading. Tell a friend, please, and uh, enjoy all the future episodes. Let's keep this thing free as well. You may disagree with some or probably all that you heard in this episode. And folks, that is perfectly all right. Why? You know why? Because it's just one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuces!